What's going on, Drinking Buddies? A brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, we got to do the sponsor thing. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video version of this podcast. That's right. Experience the madness in full HD. Hell, the episode you're about to listen to, really, really better consumed via video. There's a lot of visual things that happen in it. So check those out today at awd.net slash videos. Once again, that is anwd.net slash videos. You can get all 93 episodes for $6 a month streaming or 99 cents an episode. This episode with Spencer Bradley. Yeah, as I said, it's an in-studio one, so you should not miss it. We are also brought to you by my Twitch stream. That's right. I am Twitch streaming five nights a week playing various different games. Come hang out in the chat. Next Tuesday is my birthday, so we're probably going to be doing some fun stuff over the weekend on the Twitch stream. So check that out at twitch.tv slash Slayer. Once again, that is twitch.tv slash Slayer. And last but not least, we are brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please brings one record that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. It comes packaged with things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants. It also comes with album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipes. Rad music, rad drinks, some awesome artwork. You can't beat it. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel anytime. So if you want some new music in your life, go to www.joinvmp.com slash A-N-W-D. Once again, www.joinvmp.com slash A-N-W-D. All right, let's get on with it. My guest this week, in studio. We are having an in-studio episode for the first time since fucking October. It's adult performer Spencer Bradley. Spencer and I had a good fucking time. We got lit, ate some mushrooms right before we got on air. So this episode is hyper silly. And we got pretty trashed, but it was a really good time. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I did making it. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, drinking buddies. Spencer fucking Bradley, in the fucking flesh. What up, girl? Hey, hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I should be better in about 20 minutes, though. Oh, yeah, same. Same. So, for the audience, we're doing a live, well, not live, but live-ish, in-person podcast for the first time in fucking months. Hopefully, Spencer doesn't murder me. I didn't expect you to catch on this quick. Shit. Here we go again. So, um, in part of Spencer's attempt to murder me, I guess, she convinced me to imbibe some poisonous mushrooms. I couldn't have you on your A-game, couldn't have you on your toes. Oh, well, we will see what happens with that. Roughly a few minutes before we got on air, yeah, some mushrooms were imbibed. Yes, the very, you know, 
dry and colorful type ones. This is all fictitious, Spencer. We can say whatever we want. It's a work of fiction. Oh, yeah. This is all satire. None of what we're saying is true in any form. This is all entertainment. Isn't that right, Chester Cheetah? <laughs> oh, hey, man. I thought you weren't going to make it. But, yeah, it's super exciting to do an in-person show. I miss these so fucking much. I honestly feel like when I was on my way over, I was like, it's weird that we're going to be meeting for the first time because I feel like we've met. I feel like we're homies. Yeah. So this is the first time Spencer and I have actually like shared oxygen. See, this is this is what happens right before I get murdered, guys. <laughs> this is right what happens right before. It's a Black Widow play. Like, oh, yeah, your oxygen. It's so fresh and good. Come here. And then she bites my head off. I think I'd start at your ankles. Oh, oh, oh I, I, I see how it is. I see how it is. I see how it is. Well, I guess I'll just have to, you know, someone will have to text you a picture of the bruise. <laughs> I'll play with it poke the bruise <laughs> i'll be a corpse i won't care i'll, I'll be dead <laughs> oh no i already miss you i don't want to kill you anymore oh oh spencer bradley missed me she's been in my place for like a half hour or two minutes into this podcast and she already misses me man it's gonna be really bad for her when i'm actually dead <laughs> oh no i got kind of sad <laughs> we don't want you sad no 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 none of that we're supposed to be having fun here. What the fuck's been going on, Spencer? Like, it's been... Fuck. I had you on last... The beginning of the pandemic. Like, when this was all fresh and new. When we could remember what, like, indoor dining and seeing people was like. When we could remember that. And uh, it was the beginning of a lot of social and political unrest going on, which has escalated even more now. But I just remember us mentioning that at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, there it was. I was also uh, pretty new to Vegas at the time. I'd only been there like six or seven months or so, and we were at the beginning of figuring out how the industry was going to be impacted. And um, now there's sort of like a routine going on with COVID tests and everything, but there's still like you know difficulties, but. I mean, that's going to be there till we all have vaccines and then without fail, without fail. Like, maybe you can explain this to me. Why is it that almost every hot girl I see on Instagram is like, I'm not getting the vaccine? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Wait a minute. You, y'all in a sorority together of hot girls? Like, being like, we're the hot girl sorority anti-vaxxing like you're not part of that no i'm not <laughs> i'm not part of that i actually even called my local walgreens <laughs> after i looked up who was qualified in the state of nevada to get the vaccine and i asked her i was like hey so i heard like if you work in a prison you can get the vaccine do you got to provide proof of employment for that she's like i don't know you got to do it all through the website <laughs> so, so did you do it through the website I did. I wasn't brave enough to try to finesse it. I didn't. Yeah. We should do it live on air. For real, you want to try? Because I'm actually really curious. Oh yeah, we should definitely do that. Be like, welcome to the prison state. 
I totally support lying for the vaccine because there's people who are going to be eligible that aren't even going to get it and stuff. And like we need as many people vaccinated as possible. If you want to get vaccinated and you can lie your way through it, do it. Protect the people. Well, see, I'm of the opinion like you shouldn't cut the line if, you know, people who are going to need it can get it. But so many people aren't showing up for their appointments. And once they defrost that motherfucker, they have to use it or lose it. Yeah, I, I don't know how true this was or whatever, but I saw this one TikTok where people were waiting around for like leftover vaccines or something. And how do you find those? You tell your local pharmacist like, hey, I will take your leftovers. Give, give me, give me, give me. Oh, I'll just do that. Yeah, you can do that shit. But I still think it'd be a funny bet if we try to say that you work for the prison. <laughs> Spencer's been here 35 minutes now and she's all wet. <laughs> And I had nothing to do with it. Oh, I'm already spilling my drinks. This is my second drink. She made herself the second drink. (laughs) I cannot be controlled. I have no say in how strong that drink was. Well, there's barely any carbonation, so that tells you all you need to know. Cool. Spencer Bradley is going to be sleeping on my couch. Oh, is there room? I don't sleep on the couch. (laughs) I live here. Like... Do you, you see all the studio equipment? Do you think I'm squatting here? Like, <laughs> Yes, there's space on the couch for you. Thank you. There's no center console that's in the way. It's not one of those like anti-homeless nope. structures. that nope. got all the, Okay, cool. No, nope. plenty of homeless guests have slept on that couch. Yes. So you're out here in LA shooting the pornographies. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Um... I'm out here a lot anymore, and that feels good, and I'm excited for all my shoots this week. Yesterday went well, and yeah. Yeah. Good times, good times. I know LA fucking blows right now, so I'm sure you're not really doing shit while you're here. Yeah, no, I've been sitting in my room uh, watching TikTok. I did bring a book with me. What book did you bring? I've been focusing on like business and inspirational books uh, as of late. And right now I'm reading Amberly Rothfield's 90 Days Unpaid. I know nothing of it. Tell me, tell the audience, what have you learned? So, uh, <laughs> I haven't learned, you know. I still need to start it. (laughs) So she brought a paperweight with her. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely there. I don't know. When I just have, like, only one day off, I... I just get in my head and I feel like, oh, this isn't enough time to really focus on this. And that's part of the reason why I'm taking that long break I told you about so that I can like focus on me. I can focus on my branding and my marketing. And then most importantly, just like that's not a break. If you're focusing on your branding and your marketing, that is still fucking work, woman. Yeah, but it's more work for me. Um, As much as I love working for the companies out here and everything, I need to take a break from answering the ringing phone and like set up what Spencer's going to be doing in the future for her. What is Spencer going to be doing in the future for her? She's still really confused right now. That has nothing to do with the alcohol or the mushrooms, right? 
Actually, I think once the mushrooms kick in a little bit more, I may be clearer on my purpose. All right, all right. I wasn't asking for the whole purpose, just, you know, what the plan was. What do you what do you want to work on besides like marketing? Like, do you have a you're like, I'm gonna get more out there, or what are you gonna be a social media star? What like what are you gonna do? What you, what's what's the plan? Honestly, I think I have like some things set up right now I could just expand on and do better and be more consistent with and all that. As far as just like me and my well-being, um, I want to just play with my art. Like, I have not gotten any of my materials out in so long. Like, before I even start, I just criticize myself so much. And I'm hoping, you know, just to spend some time with myself and know that I don't have anything coming up soon. And just let my mind explore and put stuff down. I don't know. Sounds good. Sounds good. Have you just been uninspired on the art front recently? I'd say more intimidated than uninspired. Um, In my like teens and in college and stuff, your work gets graded and there's deadlines and like all those feelings kind of come up when I try to start something and it's almost as if my brain blocks me from just doing something because I'm like, well, what are you going to make? Like, uh, is it going to be good? It's not worth making if it's not going to be good. You know what I mean? And I just do that silly shit to myself. And I need to just like let myself have some fun with fucking paper and some colors. 100%. I preach this. I'm infinitely bad at it. But like, you know, creating stuff just for you because I don't. I 100% everything I create gets out into the world to be monetized. But I really feel like I also don't feel like I'm a fucking artist. You are an artist. No, I just play one on the fucking internet. <laughs> I'm confused, but go on. Oh, I mean, it's it's all a branding and a lie. I'm not an artist. I'm just a dude who just fucking bullshits into a fucking mic and occasionally throws together some silly fucking videos. Like, I don't consider myself a fucking artist. That is an art. Eh, I'll take your word for it. But... I, I've never done anything just to like do it. Like I've never created something just to make it and like, oh, that was cool that I made that. No, everything I fucking make goes out to be like commercially monetized, every last bit of it. And it has been like that since I've started creating anything. Like I got into content creation as a business, not like I had a passion for this and like, oh, I should turn my passion into something I make money at. You all right? Oh, yeah. It was just a little burp. But yeah, I feel like that just comes along with living in a capitalist society, especially one with a wage gap that's even bigger than uh, France during the French Revolution, you know? Like, there's just, we we kind of have to. Yeah, but I definitely know artists that are still making art to make art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah me too. And uh, props to you guys. Thank you for the inspiration. Yeah, I- It's gotten to the point with all the Twitch streaming, I don't even really play video games for fun anymore. That sucks. That really sucks. Because you were just saying earlier how, like, you identify more, not identify, but can relate more. There we go. Can relate more to, like, your cam friends and everything. Yeah. Oh, I I 100% can. I've talked about this on air before. It's just, like, it's a grind. And much like 
camming. It's like, oh, hey, I may put in hours of what's actually work for no little to no pay. It may fucking happen. There are other nights where it's like, fuck yeah, everyone's having a blast. They're making it rain. You know. <laughs> oh, those nights. Right, exactly. So it's just one of those things. But like, I have friends who will invite me to play a game like when I'm not streaming. I'm just like, no, I'm cool. I'm I'm cool right now. I'm like, I'm going to watch a movie or if I'm not have my face like in an editing, you know, editing content after creating it. It's like, nah, I really just don't want to play a video game right now. And I think that is one of the traps of society that we need to get try to get away from is like, you shouldn't have to monetize all your fucking hobbies. Yeah, um, I feel extra burnt out by just listening to how video games weren't fun for you anymore. I mean, they're still fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm still having a blast while I fucking make money, but it's not like when I had a nine to five or would be working on a set where I'd get home from set and be like, Oh, I'm going to fire up GTA and play video games for a couple hours just to unwind. Now it's like, Oh, well, I could be streaming this and trying to make some money or I could be recording this and trying to turn it into content. Why am I, I can put on a movie and just fucking unwind. Yeah, the games were no longer a leisure activity. Right. I still enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. Please, especially if you're one of my subscribers. I love you. (laughs) As long as you're spending money. (laughs) Right. I feel you. I feel you. Like the stripper and me was saying, like, you still enjoy dancing and pole dancing and stuff, but it still worked to, like, get there, pay your house fee, put on your outfit, get on stage on time, and put on a performance no matter how you're feeling. It's it's show business. The show must go on because it is business. It is business. You missed the stage at all? In the, you know, this year? Yo, straight up, like, I miss my girls in the dressing room. That's the biggest part I miss is, you know, having my comrades. And I do, like, miss the club feel a little bit. But I think that's from having been separated for a little bit. I definitely wouldn't go in a club right now, not only because of COVID, but also, like, let's hypothetically speak and say, like, it was all right to go to a club health and risk-wise. They're limiting how many people come in, and, you know, it's not like it's on a basis of how much they spend. It's first come, first serve. So uh, the girls who have to be in clubs right now, I don't want to go taking their money. So I miss it, and I'm, I was going to get into feature dancing right before... The pandemic happened. Um, uh, I forgot where I was going, but I miss it. So many crushed dreams by the pandemic. There have been a lot. Um, yeah, a lot of people have, you know, rewired things like you. Yeah, well, I, I was actually just saying this to a friend a day or two ago. As shitty as it is, as shitty as 2020 was, and 2021 start, is starting off to be, part of me... Is little thankful for it. My editing chops are infinitely better at this point because I've just put so much fucking work into it. You know, all I was really editing for the most part were occasional client videos and the podcast. Now I'm pumping out videos at a pretty regular clip. And like, they're not just like, 
oh, cut to Spencer's camera, cut to Matt's camera because I'm talking, cut to Spencer's camera because she's talking, cut, you know, easy transition, shit like that. Like, I'm doing stuff that we're like, oh, hey, there's more to it. And I've you know, learned how to do that in the pandemic. And I probably would have never had the time or desire to do it if it wasn't for the pandemic. Now, would I prefer to be going out to bars and like having a social life and traveling? Yes. Yeah, that's cool that it like ripped you out of your comfort zone, though, and you got some other skills. And I do miss meeting strangers at bars. I was just talking with some friends and we were like asking each other's questions. And one of them was, so what's one of the things you miss the most pre-COVID? And my thing was, I miss meeting strangers at bars. I miss meeting strangers at bars. I miss doing this in fucking person. Like, no shade on the remote shows. No shade whatsoever. Thank you for everyone who's done a remote show. I love you. All that fun shit. This is what the show is. This is what the show is. Not fucking staring at me through a fucking Zoom camera. It feels nice to be here, because wasn't I your first remote? You were definitely one of them. Like, if you were not the first, you were, like, the second or third. They improved a lot. I can see what you mean by your editing chops improved. Um, I just see a difference in, you know, your remote shows now, how you've been. Well, that was just better equipment. (laughs) Like, I just bought a better mic and a better camera for the remote shows. and. Oh, no shit? Yeah. Well, because, like... These fucking mics mm-hmm. were not what I was using for the remote shows. Yeah, no. Oh, wait. So you weren't even using it yourself? I don't think I set the... I have to go back to the footage. No, I'm pretty sure I did not set this one up. I used um my one of my headsets, oh. which are quality mics, but they're not these or the shotgun mic I've been using for the remote shows. And, you know, I bought a better camera. And it's just, you know... But either way, no matter what, like body language, facial reactions, all that stuff, like in person is infinitely better than a remote show. 100%. When I say something like really cringy, Spencer Google, and I'm like, oh, wow, she just tensed up. I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, I tense up all the time anyway. I just have anxiety. And uh, yeah, most of the time I'm thinking about my own cringy shit. Right, but then you can watch me tense up when you say something horribly cringy. No, now I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. You're not. You couldn't make me fucking. No. I don't know. Nah, nah. You just talked about eating me from the ankle up, <laughs> and then playing with my bruise with my corpse. I don't think you're gonna say anything that's gonna make me cringe. We'll see. Promises, promises. <laughs> Okay, I, I would have spit up my drink if I was, like, actually drinking it when you said Well, I'm really glad you did not spit up all over my gear. I'm super happy about that. See, that's one thing that's nice about the remote shows. I can say horrible shit, and if that reaction happens, it's all over your gear. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to drink this way from now on. So she is facing away from the microphone, which is counterproductive into talking into it. But, you know, sacrifices must be made to keep the gear safe. All in all, the, like the feel of the show is supposed to be like, you know, the audience overhearing our conversation at a bar. So like meeting people in a bar in real life, oh, I, I miss it so fucking much. I mean, I've gone to a couple of bars since the pandemic, like back in October when LA loosened up a little bit. One of my favorite locals like was having their anniversary party. I'm like, 
I don't really have the money to do this. I still don't think it's a good idea, but I really want to support them. So I'll, I'll go out and have a couple drinks like on their patio. Mm-hmm. And I got to hang out with my friend I went there with, but like didn't interact with any other fucking patrons. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, yo, we could have been drinking on my roof and gotten the same fucking effect. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, we have our COVID tests and we're here together and we're the strangers at the bar right now. We are, except we're not quite strangers. Yeah, no, like I said before, I, at the beginning, it's like, it's weird that I just met you for the first time today. Well, I mean, you, I mean, it's the first time we physically have interacted. We have talked and bullshitted quite a bit. Yes. Like, you know, we have bullshitted via text and like other shit off air. We were bullshitted for a while off air. Video, yeah. Yeah, after the podcast. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to admit this, but like, I'm pretty sure I'm listed as a close friend on Instagram. So you are, you are. You get my intimate, embarrassing posts I would never let anybody else see. Right. So I can't, I, I, I refuse to accept that you're like, we just met. Yeah. No, 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 no. Honestly, the entire, I, I don't know how many times, like, I'll, I keep saying it because it just, it doesn't feel like the first time I physically met you. Maybe we knew each other in another life. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you kill me in that life, too? <laughs> uh, I don't know. How do we find that out? I don't know, but let's start with not murdering me in this one. Okay, fine. Just long enough until I figure out how we knew each other in the last one, at least. So, folks, if I end up missing, this is evidence. (laughs) All like 90 pounds of Spencer Bradley murdered me. Aww. She's a tiny human. I don't know how this is going to go down. It won't end well for me. Well, since I'm tiny, I'm very agile. I can hide well, you know. It's like when I was a little wrestler, I'll just sneak up behind you real quick. I don't. I think you could fight me off in a chokehold. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely could. Definitely. You know what I imagine is like me literally on your back while you're like swinging, <laughs> trying to get me off. Just your legs like flying wildly as I try to shake you off. Uh, yep, something like that. I mean, that would be actually really comical to shoot after this. <laughs> uh, we would destroy this place, but that would make it even funnier. No, Till not tomorrow. real life. Tomorrow. Till tomorrow. It'd be hilarious now, especially after the mushrooms kick in. But tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow I'll be like, oh, God, that, that I don't think that was worth it. Uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. No, no. The only people would think it was entertaining with the viewers, baby. I mean... The internet's full of interesting people. I mean, one of the number one videos on the And Now We Drink YouTube channel is Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Sart, bleh, I can talk, getting cattle prodded like five years ago. No shit. She's so sweet, by the way, but no shit. Oh, yeah. What the? Is a cattle prod those electric ones? Yeah, a little, just a little electric quad. So where did she get cattle prodded? Like, just like her arms. No shit on the arm. I think so. It's been a while since I've watched that clip. But it was like shot on my iPhone while we were like recording. Like that's so old school. That's like when, yo, Draven Starr was my co-host. I'm not able to put a face. Uh, She's married to Johnny Goodluck. Oh, yeah. I've totally met her at um, <clears throat> an Exotica pre-COVID. 
So yeah, that, that's the, my original co-host. I knew Draven sounded familiar. Thank you for reminding me because at first my brain was thinking, "It's like, is that that strip club regular that got you your plane tickets?" <laughs> Does that happen often? Mm, not super often, but I feel like there's a story here. There's not much of a story, no. Not much of a story is still a story. All that happened was, so we went back for VIP at Little Darlings, and he really liked me or whatever, and uh, he's been a promising enough amount of money. Host stories, everybody. Sorry. (laughs) So um, I was living behind the stratosphere at the time. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and... uh, so he hit me up. He kept hitting me up or whatever. So I told him I would go get drinks at the Strat. And uh, I did. And I had just, I mentioned something about having to go fly and, you know, got the plane tickets. He was really helpful and everything. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just a casual ish encounter. These things happen. Did you at least get your first class? No, no. Fuck that guy then. Yeah, you got me Southwest. Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> like, fuck, did you at least get you some drink tickets with it? No, dude. To be fair, it was like my first big purchase. I'm not a fan of entertaining regulars and stuff, though. I was very much the dancer that like, liked to come in and survey what was going on that night. I don't really like... <sighs> oh, my God whatever you guys okay and i don't know if i'm revealing too much but every everyone works differently like i have friends that you know prefer to have regulars or can work well with regulars and for me it feels like building a lot of rapport and expensing a lot of emotional labor and i'm not talking down any of my girls that have regulars because you guys aren't me i don't know what your game is for me I felt like I was having to not be myself. You know what I mean? It was a lot easier to be myself when someone was just come and go and stuff. And especially if their purpose in my life is there for money. And I don't know. It was just easier on me. I wasn't great with keeping regulars. I didn't want to. Well, it sounds like a double-edged sword for sure. Because on one hand, like once you build rapport with someone, they're more likely to spend more, I think. But on the other hand, like, unless you're a fucking sociopath, you may have some remorse about taking their money at some point. Depending how you're talking to them, how you're doing the deal. Because I would have casual regulars, like people that knew where to find me. And we both knew, like, it was very transactional. You know what I mean? Well, as it should be. Yes. You should not be going to a club to try to wife up a dancer. We're not there for that. We want to get paid like you do at work and go home. And I'm not saying there aren't instances like where we don't relate to you. You know, like I can very much like you as a person and relate and have great conversation with you. But we're, if we're in the setting where this is my place of work and this is where I get paid, you need to respect that. You can't take up my time without knowing that. 100%. And unfortunately, dudes are going to the strip club to pay for the fantasy. It's a tricky game. Yep. It's a tricky game. It's a tricky game. 100%. 100%. 
So, like, as I said, I, it definitely is a double-edged sword to be like, okay, yeah, on one hand, the regulars are going to spend more. But they're also, like, may start thinking that they're actually your fucking friend or they're fucking, they really fucking know you. They always require more for sure, unless it's just the person that has never asked to exchange info with you ever. And normally those clients, like, um, you're not the only one they come to that club for. They they are a regular of the club more and know they like you. And if you're there, they're going to go for you. Right. And I think those kind of dudes kind of want the prestige of being like, oh, that's the big spender. That's the guy that the girls want to go to yeah. the back with. Yeah, there's definitely those. Yeah, like that dude's like, that's right. Look at me, other dudes. All oh, they all want me. Now they want what's in your pocket, brah. Oh, man. I never got to do it, but at one of my last clubs, and from what I hear, he doesn't come in anymore, but he would get a champagne room and get at least like four different girls. And then leave when he was done, but keep, like, he would keep paying for the room for the rest of the night for the girls to hang out in. Holy shit. Yeah, so um, whenever he came in, he was, like, bombarded with girls right away. I literally never got to him on time. It's too late. The stampede happened the minute he was in the door. <laughs> I bet there were girls probably greasing the doorman to let them know when he was coming in. Oh, straight up, yeah, you get hints from managers and from bouncers and from the DJ. They'll let you know. Yeah, no, I've worked some clubs, I know. <laughs> I've worked some clubs, I, I know how things go. Like, But, oh man, it was probably just like... <gasps> I never even learned what his face looked like. <laughs> I'm sure some of the girls that took advantage of him didn't either. <laughs> oh respect ladies get your bag right all they saw was them dollar signs and there's nothing wrong with it like that's what they're there to do you know dudes you should never be going to a strip club to try to wife somebody up no no you should be going there to have fun not like replace something that's missing in your life oh my god it's it's really exhausting for us when that happens I can imagine. We have feelings. We're people too. Like we don't want to. Well, everyone's different. And I have been a dick, actually. Man, I can tell it's been a while since I've been in clubs now, actually. Hey, everyone's been an asshole at some point in their life. Like no one gets out of this scot free. <sighs> but still, I can imagine that's emotionally taxing. 100% to like. Here's some poor guy's sob story and be like, that's nice. 20 bucks, please. Yeah. The divorced guys were great. Honestly, I didn't get a whole lot of like, oh, I want to be with you. It was more just like, you know, they knew what they were there for and paid for what they were there for and they needed a little bit more than everybody else <laughs> so the divorced guys are great hear that single dads make it down to the club they love you ask for spencer <laughs> but spencer's not there oh fuck sorry <laughs> spencer here spencer spencer ain't been here in years dog it does make me a little sad, but I am happy with everything going on right now. You know, there's just, there's parts of, for everyone, I think there's parts of your past you'll miss a little bit. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I miss 
I may not have missed it at the time, but I miss being on the road sometimes. I miss, you know, I, but it's also, I think we as humans have the tendency to look at them with fucking rose colored glasses. Like there's a reason we're not still doing those fucking things anymore. And we look back on them fucking fondly. And then if we were actually back in the situation, like, oh yeah, there's a reason I stopped doing this shit. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, it's like when you get back with a fucking ex, you're like, oh, we had such great times together. Oh my god, it was so you know, it was so good. And then when you get back, you're like, oh yeah, you did all this horrible fucking shit that I'm not into. That's why we're not together. Oh, you're still gaslighting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a hundred other things like hell, or just little, even little fucking personality ticks that you're just not into, like they're just fucking turnoffs. That like you. You overlooked when you first were in the relationship because you're like, they're so cool. I'm so into them. And then like when you're there for a little while, like, no, that is that is fucking hyper annoying. I'm super not into this. We should not be together. I'm I can't imagine doing this for the rest of my life. And then time passes, like, but it was really rad at times. And then you forget about the like, oh, this person always talks over me. I'm super not into that. <sighs> I think I just traumatized Spencer. <laughs> like she has this look on her face like, yep, yep, I remember that shit. <sighs> and the thing about it is, like, even if you could go back to the fucking past and, like, you're romanticize it, it's just like, it's never the same because people have changed. People, surroundings have changed. You know, I, before I moved to the West Coast, used to have some epic fucking nights in Chicago out of the bars and shit like that. Gone back and visit. I had some good times, but they weren't the same. People have changed. The people I used to get ignorant with have like had families and grown up. I have not. I have thought about like just romantically in my head. Oh, I'd love to go back to the bar I used to bartend at in college. And you know, I I still would in a way, but like I know it's just such a different time. Not not even considering COVID, even if COVID wasn't a factor, you know, after all those years and all all the people I was bartending with probably aren't there anymore. The regulars have probably changed by now and all that. Hell, the bar may not even play the same fucking music. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, things fucking change. The, that shit is lightning in a bottle. It is fucking gone. I had a good time while it lasted, though. It is nice to reminisce sometimes. Oh, fuck you yeah. you can't think you can go back. No, you can never go back. You can never put the toothpaste back in the tube. No, but that's really that's really hard. I mean, with shampoo bottles, sometimes you can suck stuff back in, but that like tin-type texture of the toothpaste, you can't, can't do it. Can't be done. Huh. Can't be done. And that's life. That is just fucking life. You can't can't go backwards. Like... You can't undo anything. Like, if you have a fight with someone, you can make amends, but you can't undo it. You can't, even if they forgive you, you can't undo that it was done. Yeah, and that's the point where you got to learn. You got to, like, look at yourself and, you know, learn from what you did. And even if you feel like it's unforgivable what you did, like... It's really hard to live with yourself when you don't forgive yourself. You got to think about the person you were in those times when you did it and everything and like tell yourself, I've learned, I'm doing better now. I'm going to continue to do better. And yeah, those feelings definitely. 
Ugh. So have you done anything that you consider unforgivable? One hundred percent. Yeah. Can share with the class. I don't want to share with the class. All right, actually, that's fine. But... I was gonna try. I was gonna. You, I, it's my responsibility to at least try. And if you say no, it's cool. It's cool. It's more than fine. Honestly, I feel like I'm really hard on myself. So, like, people are probably thinking, like, oh, my God, what did she do? I mean, she murdered me in a past life. (laughs) Well, she's forgiven herself for that already. (laughs) I mean, you've forgiven me, too. We're here together. No, I'm just, you know, moth to the fucking flame. (laughs) Playing with danger. Danger, danger. How voltage. One more time. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> well, keys. But no, I mean, we've all been there. We've all done shit where it's just like, oh, yeah. No, I was a piece of shit there. I really was. If you have any sort of self-awareness. Like, I definitely know people that have no fucking self-awareness whatsoever. And it's like, it's always everybody else's fault. I could never do that. The only solace I take. Is that a word? Solace? What does that word mean? Solace. Solace. Yeah. Quantum of solace. It's a, it's a James Bond movie. I shouldn't use words I don't know. See, you got to sell it better. You just got to not pretend like you don't. Just say, fucking say it with confidence. And the majority of people don't know what the fuck you're saying either. Then they'll just go get it from context and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, that made sense. A couple of people be like, she didn't know what the fuck she was saying there. But ignore them. They don't matter. If If they're there for me, they'll inform me kindly. Exactly. But yeah, a lot of the things that I cringed the most at, I definitely was not a developed adult yet. So that's not an excuse. (laughs) Well, no, but there are some things that like you weren't a developed adult or societal norms have changed. Like, you know, in fucking high school, being a piece, like some of the jokes were super inappropriate, like by today's light. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't particularly appropriate then, but... Yeah. You may- didn't know much better because you were conditioned. Right. I mean, I'm sure I had made a homophobic slur in high school at some point. I'm sure I have. I. It's not like, oh my God, I remember this one time, it, you know, it was July 4th, and no, I don't remember, there's no, like, outstanding memory, but I'm sure. I grew up in the Midwest in the 90s. I'm sure... It you know if it was if I didn't specifically say it myself I'm sure someone around me did and I wasn't like dude that's wrong because it's what was socially acceptable at the time right exactly and then you know things that are a much bigger deal depending like it's just yeah 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 the conditioning the conditioning's crazy then you get a little bit older and you're like oh yeah like you get a little bit older like oh that was. Ooh, that was gross. It's it's why I'm super happy I grew up when I did that there weren't fucking smartphones around all the fucking time. I couldn't imagine being in fucking high school with like, ching, here's a fucking smartphone. Just filming my stupidity. <sighs> yeah, I... So I was born in 94, so we had... At, I had MySpace and stuff in... middle school and one of the things i think back on that's not like a character flaw much or anything but i remember we thought it wasn't a big deal we thought it was funny we thought we were like the girl jackass crew which is so stupid but like we had these pictures on myspace and we were in middle school like 
it blows my mind that I didn't think of like this back then at all, but I don't know. I guess of course I didn't. We were like mooning the camera and that's probably saved on some pedophile's disc or something like I don't know. We were just doing a bunch of different but weird the, shit. The thought of a, like someone inappropriately looking at it like that probably never crossed your mind. It didn't. It didn't. And I remember when my mother found out and she was so concerned. I I can tell you, looking back on old me, I remember genuinely not even like believing what she was saying, that there are people out there probably finding it, looking at it like in that type of way. And in my stupid, like, 12, 13-year-old brain, I was just like, we're just being funny, Mom, you know? No. <laughs> and Spencer now is like, oh, no. People will fap to anything. Fucking anything. 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 I, um... I don't know if I should admit this on camera. Sometimes I have a hard time humiliating people that want to be humiliated. Why? I just feel mean. I don't know. I just feel mean. I just feel so... And I get that's the point. You just got to tell yourself it's a fucking role. You're you're playing a role. This is not actually Spencer Bradley being mean to this dude. This is Spencer Bradley who is here to humiliate this little dick piece of shit. See, I think that's definitely easier on set when I'm working with someone and like there's this whole like consensual agreement or whatever. And there is a consensual agreement when I'm like talking with someone on Sex Panther. But at the same time, I don't know. I just I always feel like I'm on the edge of saying just something too much. See, what you got to do is got to mute them for a second and like have someone there would be like act as your director. It's like, hold on one sec. What's my motivation here? Okay, action. You motherfucker, you have the tiniest fucking dick. I bet your pubes are bigger than your fucking penis. What helps me is like knowing they get hard for this. If they're getting hard, you're doing a good job. It, 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 you feel mean, that's fine if that's what makes them hard. <laughs> what makes them hard, what gets them to spend that money. Because once again, business. Bidness. Very sweet that you have problems being mean to people. It's very like if I were in your shoes, I'd be like, oh no, no. I live for these calls. I live for that. Like I get to just let out pent up aggression, like no consequences. Oh, it's on. I I applaud the people who it comes naturally to. I feel like it does come naturally to a lot of women. I just might be super conditioned and traumatized. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's no fucking good. I mean, unfortunately, that's the, the way of the world. But yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. that sucks. That sucks. I and mean, y'all are not treated well sometimes it, or often. I'll, I'll even put it to often. Yeah. You should be able to fucking make your money and be able to let fucking loose. Yeah. And no guilt about it. You should just be able to like, that's right. Your face is weird too, bro. Yo, I have such a hard time letting loose exactly like you just said when it comes to humiliation because I feel like I always have to gauge how mean it is. And when you can taste their tears, go a little farther. (laughs) Noted. Are you crying? Are you crying, bitch? 
I bet they're delicious. I bet your tears are delicious. I want you to want you to I almost said wop, but that's what ass pussy. I want you to fap. That's it. Fap with your tears. Fap with your tears. Lube up that butthole with your tears, boy. Are you into pegging dudes? I am into making people feel good. So if that's oh. something they're into, and I'm really good at rimming, so I'll probably stay down there with my mouth for a little bit and then, you know. Well, I mean, I'm saying like that's cool that you're there to please your partner. But I'm saying like, is it something that you're into? Is it something like, yo boy, it's it's go time. Yeah, straight up. Okay. See, <laughs> it's okay to admit though you're into it and you know that you should brief it to your partner that like, hey, I'm into this. You want to try? Not being like, I'm here to please you. I'm so demure. Like, it's all about you all the time. Right. No, no. I am asking what Spencer wants. Does Spencer want to run it in someone? I do. I feel like I'm very good with the buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be inside you. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have that connection. <laughs> you have connections with people you're inside of? That's weird. Well, I don't often get to be inside of them, you know? So I, I, I want to experience that. <laughs> I can't imagine it's quite the same. It can't be. I'll never know. It sucks. <laughs> but on the flip side, we'll never know what it's like to have multiple orgasms, so... Yo, that is straight up why I would never get rid of this vagina. Like, the orgasms are awesome. They're so great. And there's, like, someone described female orgasms as an orchestra. And I get that because I can have so many different types of orgasms in the same session. There's some guy in the tux going... And there, and there, and there. There's an orgasm over there. My magic wand, exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> the conductor's name is Hitachi. <laughs> I uh, had to get a new one recently called... I don't know if it was called Elegance or something. It's all right. Not quite the same. Not quite the same. Well, that's a shame. My old one just, like... It didn't exactly stop. Yeah, it pretty much stopped working. It's like, and then I'll, I'll keep pressing the on. It's like it's on, but it's not doing it. It's like a used Toyota. You just turn over, turn over. Come on, straight up. It won't. <laughs> the engine will not turn over. Come on, we just got to make it one more time. Make it to the store. We just got to make it to the store and back. Turn over. I don't want to have to call AAA for this fucking vibrator. We're not even making it halfway there. But are we living on a prayer? Oh, sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't help myself there. I, I blame that on the mushrooms. I blame that on the <laughs> mushrooms. That bad joke was on the mushrooms. I just couldn't help myself. I think I might have seen Bon Jovi one time. Like at the supermarket, or so I was at a Notre Dame game with my mom. I'm from South Bend, Indiana, and uh, there was this guy with this camera. Who was right across? Okay, so we were kind of by where, you know, that hole where the ushers come through? I've been made aware of such things, yes. <laughs> so he was right across on the other side, um, and a few rows down, if this was Bon Jovi, his son had played for Notre Dame. 
and uh this guy was wearing all white and it was this camera that had this really long lens am i saying this correctly like a telephoto lens is is that what they're called and they look okay yeah one of those and i didn't you know think anything of it but my mom was like i think that's bon jovi i heard he doesn't sit in the fancy section i heard he likes to sit like with everybody else i'm pretty sure that's him so i might have seen bon jovi one time nice nice and i remember (laughs) not that game uh they actually the notre dame band did perform living on a prayer one time that was good did you go to a lot of notre dame games like living there so my dad uh graduated from notre dame and and never left huh he, <laughs> he worked his ass off to get there. He really, really did. He still says to me that to this day, because uh, it was a while back when he went. He was born in 53, um, after high school, took some years off living in his Jeep, then went to IU, then went to Notre Dame. But he was like working and studying a lot. And he, he claims Notre Dame only let him in because they felt bad. Which, that doesn't sound very accurate, especially to present day standards, you know? No, he's not fucking Rudy. <laughs> Straight up! Uh, no. Or is he Rudy? Am I wrong there? I mean... No, 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 no. My father is not Rudy. <laughs> Based on a true story. No, no, no. My dad is not Rudy. Rudy too, Spencer Bradley. <laughs> I'm actually Rudy the Fifth. <laughs> I don't think there was that much time between the movie and when you were born. Uh, no, but so he graduated from Notre Dame and he was really proud of, you know, that he worked really hard to get there. And, um, so he started working for a bus company, um, shortly afterward. He's been there like at least my entire life, plus at least probably 20 years more. And, um, I don't know if they do it anymore, but the public bus company did routes when there were game days from different public spots to get to the campus so that people could come join the game or the tailgates or whatever. I forgot where I was going with this. So how did you end up at the game? Oh yeah, he was just really super proud of coming from Notre Dame and, uh, since he worked at Transpo where people, um... You know, there was access to the games and stuff. He would get at least someone would get season tickets over there at the transportation company. And I'm pretty sure he would buy like at least one game off of him for us two every season. And he'd always try to buy the USC game for us. Why USC? Uh, because I think that was like one of their biggest things. So, um, they hadn't beat them in like so many years or something like that. It was just always a big rival game or something. And also, um, they were, it was my very first game was a USC versus Notre Dame and probably the game after that and stuff too. He claimed that they always did better halftime shows for those games. Like living on a prayer. Like living on a prayer. Just imagine living on a prayer with horns. <laughs> <laughs> A whole marching band of yeah. horns. Yeah, yeah. No vocals, just all horns and drums. And some wands twirling. Oh, hold on. I've never I've obviously never flagged before. I'm a cheerleader. I just put both my hands at my side. Spencer is about to like do a whole formation. 
hold on, we have to break the podcast real quick so I can like lift her in the air and like do a dirty dancing move. Like straight up, straight up. We're gonna destroy my apartment by the end of the night. I just <laughs> know there's alcohol and hallucinogens and dirty dancing. Like this is gonna be a fucking nightmare tomorrow. Like, I should just call the maid now. Be like, clean my fucking place, please. I I know I haven't brought you in in months, but uh, it looks like a war zone. <laughs> Just pick Spencer up off the couch and clean under her. She'll be fine. I apologize to the directors and producers of Spencer's call time tomorrow that she apparently is just going to miss. <laughs> and she's already like, yep, yep. I'm going to be here when the maid shows up. Like, nah, I'm not even going to go do the pornos tomorrow. <laughs> I take no fucking responsibility for that shit. I'm not getting fucking blacklisted because Spencer didn't make her call time because she went and did it. Now we drink. That would be all completely me. You heard it here, folks. It's on video. It's on audio. That is been recorded forever. Forever. It's on Spencer. It's not my fault. Not my fault. I take responsibility for things that I didn't even do in my life. <laughs> what sort of things are you taking responsibility for that you didn't do in your life? What do you... The way my parents fucked me up. No. <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely have no control over that. Come on. None of us have control over that shit. I love you, Mom and Dad. I love you so much. <laughs> Do they, like, consume your non-like pornographic content? Um, I wouldn't call them consumers of it, but they definitely... I'm their only child, so I'm the only child they have to keep up on and stuff. Um, not even that they're keeping up on me, but... I just never felt the need to lie to them. Um, when I started doing sex work, I was like, okay, this is all I'm going to do. I'm not going to have a side job or whatever. This is what I'm doing. And when you decide to do that, you either have to straight up lie if you don't want people or your parents knowing or whatever. Or, you know, you just tell them and hope they accept it. So I. <laughs> and then this way, you don't have to hide your giant shoes when they come to visit. Yeah. I could just imagine, like, some poor dancer who's, like, been lying to their parents for a while, like, where the fuck am I going to hide all these fucking shoes? In your locker at the club. That's brave. <laughs> Why? Oh, come on. People steal shit in the lockers. Okay, yeah, they do. They do. Especially with some nice fucking heels. Oh. I never kept my, like, crystal studded ones there. Nope. Right. So I'm saying, like, your parents come to visit, and you've been lying. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do with, like, 500 pounds of shoes? Hope they don't walk in the closet. That would only be a concern with the mother, I feel like. Well, they actually, you know, I spoke too soon. Yeah, no, it could be with anybody, so. Yeah, yeah. So moral of the story is, live your life for you, and tell your parents what the fuck you're doing, and be like, own it. Like, hey, I'm doing this shit. Don't care if you care. I tried appeasing them so much and doing what they wanted so much. What did they want you to do? My dad was super adamant about college because of how hard he worked to get to Notre Dame like we were just talking about and stuff. So that was super important to him. Did he want you to inherit his route? His route. His bus route? (laughs) (laughs) Got to work the family business, Spencer. You got to drive this bus. No, we were actually very anti-continuing family business because aside from being a dispatcher for the public transportation company, he also took over his father's liquor store right before I was born. 
and that was something we all knew i wasn't gonna do i saw some bad shit in there like real real young like we attempted robbery or some shit or okay there was like this one guy who came in and um i'm only giving you this pre thing because it explains why he did what he did it doesn't exactly explain like it's not an excuse okay i'm gonna go on tell us the story so he comes in and my mom didn't like me hanging out out front but i always wanted to be like close to her i didn't like hanging out in the back having to entertain myself so I was up in the front per usual, just at the other little register they don't normally use. And some guy came up and it wasn't that serious at the time. Like he wanted to get this bottle of wine. And my mom has always been so sweet and everything. And I remember her telling him like, like, I, I can't give this to you. You don't have the money. You know what I mean? And um, he was trying to put it in his jacket pocket right in front of her like she wouldn't notice. And... Like, she stayed behind the counter the entire time, but she was basically like, dude, no, no. And a little bit later, I don't know, not like that day or anything, and my child brain can't remember if it was days, weeks, months. I don't fucking know. I am in the other little area again where i was before the same guy comes in and i don't know how it escalated to this point my memory wants to think it just went to this real quick i don't know because i don't know if he already had a vendetta out for the store or whatever he had his arm around this lady's neck and a gun up to her head and I just remember her breathing real heavy. I remember her sweat. And I remember my mom was working with another lady at the store. Another lady was freaking out. And I remember my mom. And I, I'm still a little surprised now. She was so calm. I'm Not even calm. Like annoyed. Like she wasn't even scared. She was like annoyed. <laughs> and the other lady my mom was working with was like, what do we do? And my mom was like, we call the cops. And, you know, I was just on it, at the other counter underneath a stool, like wrapped around, like with her leather coat wrapped around me, like trying to hide or whatever. And the next thing my memory goes to uh after the cops got him out or whatever i literally don't remember how long it took nothing i remember the next customer in who must have been a regular because the way he talked to me he looked at me and he was like confused he must have known i was like my mother's daughter and he was like i'm not gonna hurt you are you because i was still under that stool with the leather jacket around me yeah you just saw a fucking gun and first time i ever saw a gun so I mean, my parents knew even from when I was young, like, I don't think they wanted me taken over the store. And I had straight up told them from like, I don't know, whenever I first started expressing my opinion about it, that I don't want the store. Does the family still have the store? Uh, no, he just sold a few years ago, actually. And what's really cool is uh, he sold to this guy and he's Indian and uh, his daughter married a man her name okay i don't remember whose name is which but in indian they married each other and their names mean love and money oh <laughs> so married money so my dad and my mom got to go to this really 
this is way pre-COVID. Got to go to this big wedding and my dad is very, very hunkered down, work, go to work, come home, lay down, you know, like just be at home, drink, be in his comfort zone, go to work, you know, all of that. And so to hear about him having so much fun dancing around at this big wedding was amazing. That's me. awesome. That's fucking awesome. So they sold off the store on a great note. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it's nice that it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's not called the same thing anymore. And I actually cried when I saw the store after it was remodeled for the first time. But whatever. Big part of your childhood just fucking gone. Thanks for listening to all that. <laughs> hey. That's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Matt Slayer Therapy Hour. <laughs> this is a lot cheaper than real therapy. So you think. You haven't got my bill yet. <laughs> I got to invoice you for the last episode, too. So, And this is what she murders me over. She sees the fucking bill and then is like... I don't owe shit. Well, yeah. You don't have to pay corpses. <laughs> oh. You're right, though. Oh, shit. That smile. That fucking smile. <laughs> Eesh. For the video, for the audio audience, that was a very wicked smile from Spencer there. It was just like, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's nice knowing you, Matt. It's nice knowing you. I feel like we need a palate cleanser in between my gun story and this cannibalism talk. Oh, my God. No one even mentioned cannibalism. I just did. <laughs> well, we know what's on Spencer's mind. You look delicious. Thank you. I know I'm well marbled these days. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. Wow. That's just a little awkward now. <laughs> I like a well-marbled meat. I've, I've never had a guest look at me like I was a filet before. I mean, I've been spit-roasted before. I could teach you. <laughs> no, that, sorry, that got too sexual. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> things have gotten sexual on this show? No. Things have never gotten sexual on this show. There's never any sex talk on this. Do you have genitals? Nope, it's all smooth like a Disney character. Oof, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> I'm very sorry for you. It's all smooth like a Disney character. That's really depressing. It's all fake what you guys see in the porn. It's a pocket pussy taped in there. It's all CGI. It's like how they make a fucking Marvel movie. Pretty much. The Infinity Gauntlet's down there too. Don't worry. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But yes, Spencer, it is a-okay to be sexual on this show. It's kind of what some of the people listen for. Yo, straight up, the first time I was on here, I didn't think I could be at all or talk about my per porn career much. Like, I, I just, because the impression I got was like, we're not here to talk about your porn or talk about anything sexually. And I'm like a sexual person. So it's great to hear from you. Like, hey. No, no. I want to hear about real life sex. Yeah? Like, I don't care about like what you're paid to do on set. I'm happy to help you promote it. But no, I want to hear about like your real life fucking sex. Like, yeah, obviously, it's a big part of the human existence and the human condition to have fucking sex. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I was asking like, do I like pegging dudes? That was about Spencer in the really real world, not like when she's paid to do it. And that's why I was insistent on knowing, is that something that she likes, not something like, I want to please my partner. Like, fuck that shit. Like, no, no, no. What do you want? You have wants, you have needs. What the fuck? I don't have much of a personal sexual life anymore, which is really sad to admit. That is so kind of, well, I mean, that is the responsible thing in COVID. If okay, the, true. If you said this a year ago, I'd be like, mm, that's sad. <laughs> in 2020, 2021, 
That's the responsible answer. Yeah, exactly. Can't be meeting randoms at the bar anymore, which is risky enough even before COVID. So when you would meet a random at the bar, back to their place or back to yours? Most of the time back to my place. Oh, that's that's risky as fuck. I know. Back in those days, though, I typically had roommates, so. But, I mean, that's still risky just on, like, the fucking, you know, stage five clinger level, like, that they come back around. Actually, oh, shit, that reminds me, like, I think you had to move because of one of those, like, right when we first met. I actually got left most of the time, so it wasn't a big deal for me. Aww. It's all good. They became uninterested first. So I guess it saved me that whole ordeal. I wouldn't want to deal. With, I'd rather someone be like, oh, I'm bored than someone be obsessed with me straight up. Oh, that's still uh, that's still got to be a fucking a blow to the ego to be like, oh, they got bored with me. I mean, not that you're here to entertain them, but it's still like that's got that's got to sting. It's got to sting. It used to. But now I'm in over six years single now. So. You happy about it? You know what? I would say I'm happy about it. I'm happy with everything I've experienced in my journey and everything so far. Um, I don't want to say it was intentional or unintentional, you know. But yeah, I'm happy with it. Don't sound happy about it. (laughs) Recently, I have been getting lonely. Um, Another, you know, problem with COVID. Oh, yeah, it's the loneliness have been extra bad because can't exactly just go out to the bar all the time. And yeah, yeah, scratch that ish when you need it scratched. Because you can, this is one of the reasons why my cat doesn't live with me anymore. I went away for a month one time and left my cat with my parents who have an older dog. And when I came back, the older dog didn't have its limp anymore, seemed so much happier. Years later, now that I left my cat there, like, its body seems fitter and this dog is in its teens in my head i rationalized at my worst i can go to any bar and go talk to the bartender my dog can't even open the door for a friend you know and my dog was the only one there besides my parents so i've been missing my cat for a while i'm sorry it sucks but i'm i'd rather have her there with coco and she's surrounded by lots of love still Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But people are going through loneliness right now. It, it sucks. It sucks. It, and then that's why, like, people are arguing, like, oh, fuck, you know, fuck the consequences. It's like, uh, but uh, you definitely have heard people say it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I was going, uh, their evaluation of the situation. Oh, no, I don't agree yeah. with them. Like, uh, since COVID has started, I think you were not count not counting three days on set uh because that's work mm-hmm. you were maybe the fifth or sixth person i've spent time with in like the better part of a year no shit yeah one quick tally i my math could be wrong you okay there yeah i'm just concerned why Are you okay yep yeah you're fine yeah <laughs> i'm fine the look on her face for the audio audience was just like, aw, aw. No, no, I'm being a responsible fucking adult. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have to do that math because, like, yeah, I got to do that math. But I, it's still been an exceptionally low number versus what real life was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say outside of set, I have not spent time with very many. 
I hard for me to even remember who I've spent time with outside of set and work that, you know, had the COVID regulations. Yeah. Well, that's the responsible thing to do. Like I, I understand, like, I don't condone it, but I understand where people are coming from when they're like, no, I'm like, fuck the consequences. I, I just need to be around people like for my mental health. Like I totally get that. But also if you're be responsible for just a little bit fucking longer or if everyone was fucking responsible in the first place we'd be back to you know, some semblance of normal all fucking ready but you've been fucking greedy like my mental health is more important than grandma's life that's the part about yeah no one's doing it on the same time and we just all need to be like hey well we should have done it way earlier like, oh yeah like about this time yeah, almost a year ago like Fuck, we're 10 months into this shit. Like, I, I don't want to harp on COVID because, like, nobody who's listening to this is like, oh, yeah, I came here for the Matt Slayer COVID hour. <laughs> da 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 COVID. Well, shit hit your mark. <laughs> like, no, that sucks. Uh, but six years, like, and you, you're good. I'd s- I definitely would rather be alone right now than be with someone either... I have to try to be with, you know what I mean? That I can't just be natural or, with. I mean, you never want to be with someone that you got to try to fucking be with. Like, if you got to, like, if you got to, like, you know, put on a fucking performance or be like, to be with someone, then you shouldn't fucking be with them. Yeah. I mean, that's under any circumstances. So it's just gotten lonely, I guess. I don't know. For fuck's sake, dudes, do not slide into Spencer's DMs about this. She yeah. does not want you. None of you. Not one, any one of you. Not one. Not one. Yeah, no. None of you. I can guarantee. I will. If Spencer takes home someone from her fucking DMs, I will give her so much money because it'll be like, no, it's not going to happen. I will make that bet. I'm so confident in that bet <laughs> that I will just be like, no, fucking all the money. I don't think it's going to happen either. I'd bet my own money on that too. Exactly. So just don't slide. You are literally going to make her phone heavier from the wasted space that you are putting out there. You're wasting your energy. I've definitely tried to kind of talk to some people. So, um, so what happened there? Oh, they told me because they told me they weren't interested, which is great, or just ignored me, which is fine, you know. Like, was it at least kind, or was it just kind of like, nah, girl? Yo, straight up. So, I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. If I'm feeling a little bit of a crush, I want to put it out there just to put it out there so I don't miss anything, right? Well, and that's honestly how we should all operate. Unfortunately, we all have these fucking like bullshit games where we like don't want to be fucking hurt or don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to risk shit. So like, we end up playing these bullshit games where it's just like, I'm going to dance a little forward and then I'm going to dance a little back. I'm going to dance a little forward. I'm going to dance a little back. And then like, Half the time when you're fucking like, yo, I'm down, you down. They're like, what the fuck? I'm so fucking out. Why are you so fucking like, yeah. They're you're, mind blown. Yeah. It, it, it's brutal. I, like, believe me, the last, like, it would be so refreshing. Actually, I'm a, li- I'm a liar. I'm a fucking liar. I'd like to say like, oh, it'd be so refreshing, like, for someone to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally down. And then like. Five years ago, someone was totally like, I'm totally down. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? She was a lovely girl, mm-hmm. but she also was like, I'm going to move to California. I'm like, whoa. Oh, was it super soon? 
Yeah. yeah. That's not a good sign. No, no, no. I mean, there was a lot of red flags. There was a reason it didn't work out. She's, I still talk to her occasionally. She's lovely. She's been in a relationship yeah. with someone else for years. I'm very happy for her. But at the time, it was just like, it was super overwhelming. It was just like, we had mutual friends back in Chicago. I met her for the first time at like Exotica. We hooked up like within minutes of meeting in person. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, hell, I went to crash out like after an after party and I was actually sharing a room with Draven at the time and she stole Draven's room key. Like I had to go get something in the room while they were hanging out, came back to woke me up to bang again. She sounds fun. I mean, she was fun. I mean, she was a dynamite in the sack, like fucking <laughs> dynamite in the sack. It was, you know, we kept talking and I definitely got super drunk one night and it was just like, I'm flying you out here. You're out here next weekend. I have before everyone's like, Oh, Matt, you baller. Like from my time, being full-time road warrior, I have, to this day, six-digit airline miles. Like, I, at that point, five years ago, I still had, like, three-quarters of a million Delta miles. I need to start signing up for those programs. That yeah, you, you fucking do. You're you're fucking up if you're traveling and not using them. 100%. But I, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I'm drunk. I would really like to fuck you now, but I will spend the miles to, for whenever you can get on a plane to fuck you. That's what I was always asked for first, like when I was traveling and stuff and I need money from, you know, clients or whatever. I'd ask about flyer miles first because I'm considerate. <laughs> hey, that's on them. If they're flying you out, like don't, don't, that's on them. That's on them. Touche. But yeah, I flew her out and like, you know, we had a good weekend and like there was some drama, not, not directly caused by her, but indirectly caused by her. And it was just like, hmm. but during that, it was just kind of like, oh, She's like, I love it here. I'm going to move out here. I'm just like, buh, 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 buh. but she, the words never came out of her mouth. Like I'm moving out here for you, but obviously it was for me. Cause yeah, it was still sort of indirectly like, Oh, like, well, why not? I mean, it's obvious in retrospect, she didn't move out here. Good for her. Yeah. No, good for her. Like good for me too. But it was still like, and there was a whole also thing of like me being weirded out about her, like bragging to people about, hanging out with me using my stage name to people who know my real name that there was a there were red flags like she's a lovely girl it was a lot of fun i'm not besmirching her but there was there was this point in time with this yeah there there were red flags but she in recent memory was definitely the one woman who's just like no no i am all about you like i i'm down and i panicked yeah so some of the people that i told you like i was like hey i have a crush on you straight up some of them were straight up like yeah i'd like to hang out with you again never heard from them again some of them were actually considerate and were like i'm not looking to date right now one person approached me and was like just super into me and i even told them i'm suspicious and they said something along the lines of like oh you think i wouldn't move out to vegas Nobody asked you to. Absolutely nobody. You formulated that idea and then took... I don't want you out here. I just... You, you literally met me like two days ago. I don't want you to move out here. Spencer's charming, but, you know, don't uproot your shit for her. No. Not, not... Just not instantly. N no, because you don't know who I am as much as I don't know who you are. Oh, 100%. 100%. That, and that's part of the reason, like, with that lovely young lady, that I was just like, oh, this is this is no bueno. No bueno. No, like, 
Not a good situation for the time. Yeah, but part of me like does have like the in the back of my head like, oh, that was someone who was totally down, and I ran screaming. So it's a balancing act of you know presenting the totally down versus like playing the bullshit games. Is I think in a roundabout way what I was trying to get to. Man, that sucks that that kind of came in the same person for you because for me I feel like the lessons came in multiple people and for you you sounds like it sounds like you had this conflicting experience well I mean that's just the most recent the, 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 <laughs> I'm old there's a whole laundry list of like you know <laughs> lessons I've learned come on I have been single for uh a little over 10 years so oh shit you I've literally never met someone that beat me welcome to the party Hell yeah, it is a party. By the way, speaking of party, I gotta break the seal. First door on the left. <laughs> Thank you. Do you want to do refills while you're up? Hell yeah. <laughs> We're gonna break for a moment while Spencer uh, makes use of the can. And we are back from Spencer Bradley's urination. Yes. Sadly, or depending on what you're into, positively off camera. Yeah, I should have recorded it actually, man. And can you afford my rates to film that shit, bro? Okay, you're right. Using my bathroom, I at least get in a cut of it. How about... I'll edit it tastefully. As tastefully as you peeing could be. How about I don't kill you if you let me? <laughs> whoa, whoa. That's what that's you were a, scared of before, right? That never, I was never scared of it. Did I sound scared of it, folks? Did I sound scared of Spencer Bradley murdering me? Did I, did I play it for a bit? Maybe. <laughs> I may have. Because it's fucking hilarious. By comparison, Spencer weighs about as much as my thigh. <laughs> wow, she just looked me up and down like meat again. I did. <laughs> I was comparing. I was like, what is the comparison to his thigh? At, le- at least, you know, if that was my torso, at least three of your thighs, maybe two. You got a skinny waist, girl. Like, she's the size of my thigh, folks. <laughs> like, if I were to be on top of her, she would disappear. Yeah, practically. I feel yeah. like if you were to take a picture, you might be able to spot me in some points. Yeah, just struggling to breathe. Okay, yeah, I'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> be like, just tapping. Like, just, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. So you will walk out, out of here unscathed. I'm not going to murder you. I cannot promise that you're not going to murder me, but. I promise I'm not going to murder you. I'd miss you too much. We already talked about how lonely I am. Aw. Aw. Well, cheers to that. No murder. No murder. It's like She's like straight eye contact. No murder. <laughs> Before your urination, I believe we were still talking about like the relationships and like the bullshit games. Okay. Relationship type stuff. Yeah. So I did recognize myself getting lonely lately and I would tell people like, hey, me has crush on you and it get received in different ways. And then one time recently someone was like, I has crush on you. And then I was like, me suspicious. It's a whole old Grosho Marx thing. Like, I don't want to be a member of a club that would have me. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to have to explain that one to me. It's pretty self-explanatory. Like, you know. I don't think I'm worthy of. Such I know that, but who's the guy? Groucho Marx. From? Yeah. You don't know who Groucho Marx is? Grouch. Uh, I'm so the sorry, Marx bro- but I don't. The Marx Brothers. Marx Brothers. Marx. Marx. 
Marx Brothers. It's like old, like black and white. Like you've definitely seen the bushy eyebrow, like big nose cigar, like fucking mask, like big masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight That's up. Groucho Marx. He was a person. I feel like we have just blown Spencer's <laughs> mind here. She just like just literally jaw dropped. Like I'm happy there's no alcohol in her mouth because that would have been a spit take. That's fucking wild, though. Okay, that was a real person. That was a real fucking person. Why am I picturing someone else? Why am I picturing that guy? He played a dad in some stuff. In like, it, it was it the American Pie dad? Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Levy, uh, Eugene Levy. That's who I'm picturing when I think eyebrows and nose. Is he Jewish? Of course. <laughs> you know what? I got a guy to the VIP room one day, and my friend who was on stage at the time, she was like, even like, I was so impressed. Crash remarks. Yo, that's his real mustache? No, fuck no. I That's impressive if it was. like. No, a, here's like a more realistic picture of Groucho, but. Oh, very Jewish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Entertainment in back in the day? Of course he's Jewish. <laughs> of course he's Jewish. As my entertainment, my first entertainment lawyer once said, like, there's just something about this business. Our people are just drawn to it. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just a connections thing since entertainment's a lot of connections? Or? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I understand, like, the stereotype about, like, money grubbing and banking and all that shit. Oh, I grew up super frugal. Well, it's not even, the, like, I mean, there's some truth to the stereotype, some little. But it, it's also the fact that, like, back in the Ottoman Empire days, which, you know, ruled the Levant, which includes Israel and all that shit, Greeks and Jews were delegated to being bankers and merchants which was seen as a lower caste of society at the time uh-huh isn't that funny how it turned around yeah like there's actual historical relevance to why this is a thing huh. and that's why there's so many commonplaces between like greek culture and you know jewish culture too no shit. Like, I always notice the noses and such and, you know, the hair and the face just in general, but different skin tones a little bit, depend depending where, because Jews are everywhere. And oh, yeah. I mean, you got, you know, Sephardic Jews, you have Ashkenazi Jews, like, you know, but, you know, historically, those in the Ottoman Empire, which controlled all of that fucking region. Uh-huh. Greeks and Jews had to be fucking bankers and merchants. I can't believe that was like a lower job. Like, oh, you're going to handle everyone's money and we don't think much of you. It's I'd be like, fuck you then. Well, okay. yeah, but think about, Spencer, think about it now. If someone says accountant to you, uh-huh. do you really think much of the accountant? Honestly, when I hear accountant, I think of TikTok accountant. And that's that's code name for sex worker on TikTok. <laughs> I'm an accountant. Oh, but, oh, I'm spilling my drink again. Once again, Spencer is all wet. <laughs> Just... I think you're about to make it worse. <laughs> but like I was... I'm not editing out that snort. <laughs> I am not editing out that snort. I'm just putting it out there. I'm letting you know on record that snort is staying in. Aww. <laughs> I'm trying not to do it again, conscious. I know, you're trying so hard. So hard. But if you think of, like, just the accountant, mm -hmm. if you think of an accountant, it's not a sexy job. Mm -mm. 
Hell, if you don't think of like a Wall Street bro, if you're like a banker, is not a sexy job. You're like, if you met a dude at the party, he's like, yeah, I work, I work at Chase. You're not like impressed. During COVID, I'd be like, oh, you got regular hours, boo. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> In the really real world, like when we eventually get back to normal, hopefully, 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 hopefully. <laughs> You wouldn't be like, oh, shit, you're a teller at Chase? Damn. Yeah, panties off. Like, that's right. I'm showing up to this wearing no panties, and I'm, I'll, I'll raw dog him in the bathroom, Chase Teller. Woo. One of your babies. Name him Chase. That is the grossest thing I ever said in this apartment. <laughs> and there's been some gross <laughs> shit said in this apartment. Yeah, no, I feel you, though. It's not. It's Okay, okay. Hmm, that's weird. So, did people kind of look at bank tellers like? And by the way, if you are working or even if you are living, all respect everywhere. We're just talking. Oh no, about society I'm, I, I'm not right like now. I'm not disrespecting someone who's working a nine to five. Especially if I need to come cash a check, like please don't like, please don't be like, no, nah, you gotta get back to the back of the line. I'm saying, if you just look at the job, it's not like. It's not what brings prestige to your mind all the time, especially in like ye olden times where like, oh yeah, I'm a conqueror or I'm a fucking, you know, I'm a military general. I'm a man. I got a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you think in those times, like, you know, a merchant, a mercantile job or a fucking banking job is like not as fucking manly because like you're not out making war. You're not out. I'm really happy we progressed towards those times, though. That's right. The nerds have won, motherfucker. Straight I mean, up. they really have. I I don't want... Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I'm not going to finish what I was saying. Oh, no, no. no. I, I want you to finish what you were about to say. What were you about to say? <sighs> it's going to sound really bad, but I don't want, like, some super protruded brow man being like... I can overcome other people. Like, that's not manly to me, you know? And I don't necessarily look for manly. Other people, if you, like, you do, that's your thing. I'm getting off track at this point. But, yeah, no, overpowering people isn't, like, a indication of how strong you are. Well, yeah. We're, We're in a modern society. We're like, oh, being able to overpower people might just be a crime. Unless you are a despicable orange man. I mean, that's a lot of crimes, but to be decided by the courts in our fair country. Let's not talk about that. Let's skate away from (laughs) that shit. But I did get a man to my VIP room in less than 10 minutes before. Um, I asked, I could tell by looking at him, I asked if he was Jewish and he said he could use a nice Jewish girl. And he spent the entire VIP room (laughs) asking me if I... Y'all just play dreidel in the fucking VIP? Like what, what? He was just like, oh, you're such a nice Jewish girl, you know? And I, like, honestly, so my great great grandfather came here from Russia because he was Jew. That's about as Jewish as it gets for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I honestly, for a while, thought you were like, you're much more Jewish. And then, like, you know, you're posting Christmas stuff, like, on, like, you know, the personal social medias. I'm like, I'm so confused. Like, I totally thought Spencer was, you know, a member of the tribe here. Like, 
No, like I remember when I was younger and stuff, my dad mentioning stuff and everything. And I, when I was young, like I remember before I was 10 years old expressing like, hey, I want to learn Hebrew and all this, but there wasn't, you know, that much interest reciprocated back in teaching me anything. And I don't know if the knowledge was even there for them to teach me and everything like that. Well, were either one of your parents bar about mitzvah? No, not at all. Uh-uh. So, yeah, the knowledge was probably not there. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Um, that's all. I just knew about um, my family that had, like, come here. That's all. Well, and isn't that wild? Like, us as Americans, like, still to this point, we're like, oh, I'm so much Russian. I'm so much Hungarian. I'm so much blah, blah, blah. Like, it's been, like, four generations. I'm a fucking American. Straight up, like someone who's even saying the other day, I was because I um said I didn't mention anything about the Jewish stuff. I I don't forgot how it even came up, but I said my great grandfather came here from Russia. They were like, "Oh, so you're Russian?" And I even said, "I was like, I'm the fifth generation. I don't know how much more Russian is left." <laughs> well, and it's just it's so weird. It's like as a species, as like that we identify ourselves by these imaginary fucking borders. Straight up. It's like, oh, hey, well, I was Russian until, like, this war happened, and then I was Polish, and then, like... And it's like, are we are we our ancestors? No, we are not. <laughs> no, I mean, there's definitely, like, genetic traits that they can, you know, test through, you know, our various... And I heard trauma can get, like, passed through genetics. Yeah, that's a whole fucking thing. And that's what's crazy is, like... It's where some of our irrational fears from, come from. It's like, are you irrationally afraid of snakes or spiders or some shit like that? It's because some fucking ancestor was. That's why, like, the minute you see a spider, you're like, ah! Like, never see a spider before in your fucking life. You're like, whoa! Yeah, it's passed down. Fuck you, ancestors. Just yeah, kidding. fuck you, ancestors that were afraid of commitment. <laughs> That's a great excuse, man. I mean, my ancestors just won't allow it. I come from a long line of commitment phobes. What can I say? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus never married, so I guess he was too. Jesus was never married, you said? I don't fucking know. I don't, like, <laughs> my upbringing was Old Testament, and, like, I'm an atheist, so I have no fucking idea. I know more about fucking Christianity from dogma than I do anything else. Yeah. I mean, the movie, Kevin Smith. Like, okay, I thought you meant, like, straight up dogma. I was. No, no, no. I'm, I'm like, the one with Chris Rock in it and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. You've never seen Dogma? I've never seen Dogma. I mean, I just from the title, I think I'd be interested, but I've never seen the film Dogma. Well, I know what we're doing after this podcast. Would you be down? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds great. It, well, it, it, it's very 90s. It's very fucking 90s. I was born in 94. I can get down with 90s. Have you never seen any Kevin Smith movies? Okay, Clerks. Okay. And Clerks 2, of course. Well, I'm sorry you saw Clerks 2. It's not very good. Mm. Yeah, he did a bunch of other movies that are lovingly referred to as the Jersey Chronicles, and Dogma is part of them. Mallrat. Yeah, Mallrat's Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. That sounds familiar, but I don't think I ever saw Chasing Chasing Amy ages so fucking poorly. Tell me. Give me the... Give me. Give me. So, the main character is chasing after a woman who is very much... I'm a lesbian. I'm into girls. And he is uh, chasing her the whole fucking time. And like, 
turns around and ends up with her. Like, it's just a problematic story in modern light. In the 90s, like, that's charming. That's charming. Yeah. I mean, it's to- super problematic, but like sitcoms even to this day to this day even like netflix sitcoms revolve so much around heteronormative humor well yeah unfortunately they're pandering to the masses the majority of the public is you know outwardly heteronormative even if they're not they're closeted and won't admit it so yes pandering to them by being like oh yes this appeals to you and the part that pisses me off is they won't even, like, a lot of these people don't critically think why they think these storylines are funny. It's just like, this is what's been normal. Oh, ha ha. Laugh track. I must laugh. Crazy. I mean, that's why the laugh track's there. It's like, oh, other people are laughing. I must laugh at this too. Like, you ever watch a sitcom? Like, I think people have edited them. But ever watch a sitcom minus the laugh track? It's like, oh, that joke was not funny. Even when there is laugh track, I'm like... Often, granted. But I'm saying, like, it really hits how bad some of the jokes are when, like, no one else is laughing. Like, ooh, ooh, how is this funny in the room? I'll have to do that sometime. What got me one time, someone's like, most of the people you hear on laugh tracks are dead. Did you know that? Of course. I mean, they were recorded way back in the day. It's super depressing, but, like, I'm not going to even entertain that thought, but. Huh. Okay, I guess I will entertain that thought just because you're like looking at me like, what, what were you about to say, Matt? That people will probably be fapping to you after you die. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Especially like the companies that have shot me, if I die tragically, they're going to bank. Well, don't die don't tragically. Do not choke on eating me. <laughs> that was not a sexual innuendo Jesus Christ we've been talking about cannibalism all night that was not a sexual innuendo that was not a sexual innuendo like, I literally meant like don't choke on a piece of calf like I mean maybe that's the part that's turning me on that was gonna be one of them episodes isn't it alright alright but now I'm derailed. Um, no, 100%. Like, it's got to be weird. Like, think about that. Like, that people are going to still be pleasuring themselves to you after you're gone. I don't know. Well, no, no, no. Spencer, I'm making money off of my own sites when I die. Is that well, even possible? I'm not talking about the money aspect of it. I'm just like the concept of the fact that, like, people are going to still be pleasuring themselves to you after you're gone. People are going to still be pleasuring themselves to your image from now when you no longer look like this. Yeah, that's a little uh, easier to wrap my head around because it's already happening right now. And when I think about rebranding, that's definitely a thought that comes to mind because when we talked before, I told you about how I <clears throat> like started growing my hair out just because I was in a place of not wanting, not knowing what I want to do with it and all this. So I've kind of had these thoughts of like, okay, when I grow back into the self that like i want to be and i'm ready to be again how many people am i gonna lose like well i'm not talking about losing people i'm talking about just gaining people gaining people through my deaths and my because the subject itself is really interesting like the, the fact that like you as a performer are and me as someone who does stuff front facing at this point we are locked in in this moment forever like this moment is frozen for other people to consume yeah. fapping or whatever Mm-hmm. 
And that, like, if I were to revisit it 10, 15 years from now, it's like, oh, hey, I don't look like that anymore. I don't. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, either I don't believe that way anymore. If I learn more, you might even be like the same person, but just a little bit more refined or something. And Oh, yeah. I mean, you could definitely probably pull some things I've said on this podcast and play to me and be like, I said that. Holy fuck, I said that. Because sometimes I say some wild shit. I can understand that. It's just really interesting to be like, the idea of like, oh, hey, after we're gone, like, this is how people are going to think that they knew us. Still consumable and stuff. But it's not that I think that, like, I'm going to be in the fucking Library of Congress or some shit, but it's still better than, like, effectively non-existing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, okay, this got way too heavy. (laughs) It got a little heavy, but I wouldn't call it too heavy. I'm just like... Man, I don't want to. I don't know. Need a breather? Maybe for a few seconds. All good. All good. I mean, there's a reason we don't do the show live and generally don't do it on mushrooms. <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? Like, I, I've definitely gotten a little philosophical here. Yeah, I. Look at you sitting like Al Bundy, like, yep, yep, just about to put your hand on your pants. Yo, I've always sat like this for, like, a while. Um, I remember getting shit about it in middle school from, like, high school dudes. I mean, you're definitely manspread. Like, (laughs) that would be a manspread if you were fucking a dude. If you were a dude, that would definitely be a manspread. (laughs) That I would piss other people off on public transportation. 1,000%. Like, 1,000%. Be like, what the fuck? I need the air, man. I do, I need the stretch. I don't know. Why you got to air that puss out like that? Like, <laughs> uh, it just needs it. I don't know. Well, these are all things for the video version, like because that <laughs> made no sense in audio. She's quaffing her vagina. <laughs> Oh, man, it does. Were you about to, like, do the smell test or were you do, like, this, one of these, like, but with your pussy? Like, were you just a I real... could already smell it a little bit, so I was like, ah, oh, there's no need for one. Your pussy stinks, bitch. <laughs> How rude. She showed up at my house with a sticky puss. They're all fresh clothes. It's, a, you know, sometimes a sticky... Sticky creatures happen. She showed up at my place with a sticky pussy. Oh my god! And then just admit it—it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm, I'm, like, and now she's like, like living in the stinky pussy. She's just like, yep, my pussy is so stank. Like, I tried to what, wait, what, are you like? <laughs> is that legit witness? Well, where? Oh, I think a little bit on the chair was already there, but right. No, no, no that is like flat out your crotch. Right here. Is there? <laughs> well maybe <laughs> oh yeah that's a lot of wetness isn't it holy shit ladies and gentlemen spencer <laughs> bradley is a uh, fucking wet at the moment it's almost heart shaped yeah like like there is a definitely like just a flat out like vagina imprint of fucking wetness right now like <laughs> sorry i didn't know all about all that masturbation after death was gonna you know, turn you on like that but 
Well, I was talking about like wanting to kill you and getting really into that. And then, you know, we just keep talking about, you know, postmortem and holy shit. No, that's not it at all. Viewers, I just want you to know that. <laughs> For the audio audience, Spencer is also in like a fucking pretzel right now. <laughs> oh, I can't go that far back. Not right now, at least. Yeah, like she's still in a position that I could never be in, but. It's also ridiculous that, like, she basically just, like, rolled in. I, I didn't re- even contemplate this one. She's just like, yeah, gray sweatpants, what up? <laughs> you called me out. I was like, and I didn't see it at first. But then I was like, oh, yeah, it's there. How'd you not feel it? How'd you not feel how fucking wet you are right now? Like, holy fuck. Like. It's just a state of being the WAP. Uh, apparently. Apparently. Goddamn, woman. I, I'm happy to be here, like as part of it, but like, I feel like I'm just an accessory on this ride at the moment. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. I mean, I'm here to guide everyone through your WAP or mm. to your WAP. I don't know. Through would be kind of weird. No, you're the WAP shaman. A WAP shaman. That's that's a new title. I mean, that's going on the business card. WAP shaman. People, seriously, I bet people would be like, I need to be shown the ways of the wet-ass pussy. Unless you're Ben Shapiro. Sorry, I had to, oh, that is so hacked to fucking bring that up. Oh, I, I kind of hate myself for doing it right now, but it was just like a fucking reflex. It was a fucking reflex. I couldn't stop myself. He's so associated with that song now after his response. I know, but it's the joke that everyone's, that's why it's a hack joke. Like, that, I I hate myself for doing it. I hate myself. Like, I can actually see Spencer's vagina drying because I made that joke. Like, no more wet spot. Well, thank you for reminding me. No wet ass p word, as Ben would say. <clears throat> Have yeah. you ever seen any of his sister's YouTube video type stuff? He has a sister. He has a sister, and she went on YouTube and basically went on there with a bunch of woman shaming type. Well, that's gross. Yeah, it was really gross. (sighs) I miss when the internet was the wild, wild west before, like, the really heavy algorithms that decided who you are as a person. I agree. This is why I love podcasting. Well, welcome to the Why Matt Loves Podcasting rant, yet again. Because this this is the last wild, wild, wild west medium. Explain. Apple... And Spotify, which are the primary places that podcasts are consumed, has no gatekeeping, no censorship on the content we put out. Minus if you do out-and-out hate speech, they will fucking deplatform you. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. But otherwise, me talking about your wet vagina is A-OK. Well, I agree, but... If I tried to broadcast your wet vagina, even in those sweatpants, on CBS at 6 p.m., the FCC would be like, uh, you owe us a couple million dollars, dog. That's how serious that gets? Oh, yeah. I mean, Janet Jackson's nipple at the Super Bowl back in the day was like a lot of fucking money. I remember I just barely missed that when I was little. <laughs> I saw it, and I was just like, did I just see that? Did that shit just happen on live TV? Did it not look super staged? It looks. Oh super no, it was staged. It was one hundred percent staged. Like I'm gonna get you naked by the end of the song as he tears the cups. Yeah, off. 
and it was like bang, bang, like, like, super choreographed. And the funny thing is, she was wearing like a sun nipple piercing. That like, if it was a pasty, would have been fine. But because it was a nipple piercing, not a pasty, because it originally looked like, oh shit, she's wearing a pasty. And it's like, oh no, that's a, that's a sun nipple piercing. The way she got more heat for that than Justin, even though it was all staged, is disgusting as well. One hundred percent. I mean, it's also it's a fucking nipple. Holy fuck, America! If I I so badly, the only reason I won't do it is because I'm scared of like the repercussions. I want a bikini. That has male nipples. Male. You should do it. I will donate my nipples to that cause. I would love to have your nipples. There there, there you go. Oh, those are so nice. Hey, the color matches. Of course. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I am giving Spencer my nipples, apparently. I need those for a bikini. All right. Done. It's been a while since I got topless on this show, so. Ooh. Oh, hold on. Hold on. You're not supposed to make it rain like this. It goes like this. Yeah. Unless you have the gun and then it's just... Whenever I think of the gun for some reason, I think of... I don't know why I don't feel like naming them right now, but there's this influencer that went to a strip club and had a gun. Money gun. Not gun gun. Sorry. Yeah. Money gun. Um... And they weren't spilling. They weren't spilling bills. They were fake bills with their face on them. You know what pissed me off is someone who is supposedly on our side, who I know has been in our line of work. I'd interviewed before and stuff. Collabed with them. I don't even know who that is. Makeup influencer person, but like you know, about my age, and there's just like a lot of the social media people trying to bank in on sex worker culture and stuff because it's become like a hot topic or whatever. And yeah, that's what went down. Well, that's garbage. That's absolute garbage. I know. And hmm, I'm not going to speak much more on it besides they didn't see too much of a problem with it. Well, that. That is absolute garbage. Like, imagine, imagine. Of course, nobody thinks of it this way. So strippers have to come in, and we got to pay to even be there to gamble to make any money. We got to... Asterisk, asterisk, outside of the state of California. Oh, outside, because, yeah, recently they made... Yeah, because California fucked all the working girls. Like, just fucked them. I never even... I don't know anything about that game. Well... I, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. I was just pointing the asterisk there. Continue, please. please. Oh, okay. I, I, I was not about to go on a rant. I could have, but your story is much more important. I forgot what I was saying. So, you were about to rant about stage fees. Mm. And oh, the yeah. Gamble. Just that you, like, you pay to be there and you gamble, whatever, anyway, and these people don't understand. And. It'll just be like a show for the cameras or whatever that you have like the money gun out and like of course it's for your brand or whatever that you have like this money with your face on it but it's like it's just super inconsiderate to the working people. So tell me more of what you know about California because like I have seen stuff online and everything but I haven't lived it at all. I heard something about them wanting everyone to be employees. Well, I've lived it. I mean, I, I go out there and shake my ass all the time. <laughs> Come on. Um, because of AB5, which was 
meant to go after the fucking rideshare companies. Yeah. Um, they were forced to turn all the dancers instead of independent contractors to be fucking employees. But because these clubs don't want to fucking pay real wages, you're not limited on how many hours you can fucking dance. They can schedule you. They tried, at least at where I was at before, like, I'd be an independent contractor and all that, but then they tried telling me, like, oh, you got to schedule three days out of the week and all this. And it's like, no, I know I don't have to. Yeah, but how many performers don't know the rights? A bunch, especially, especially with the pandemic that set in and everything and... I don't know what it was before that, but yeah, there was just an influx. There was a before time. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt there. I just... No, it's all good. It was. But yeah, California is definitely on a different game at this point when it comes to the clubs and how they're paying people. Like, because performers have to earn an hourly wage, but they're also like cutting their hours so they don't have to give them real benefits. It's a whole fucking to do. It fucks people like, because yeah, I guarantee there were fucking dancers before then. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. But like yeah. now, it's even worse because like they legally mandate like you you cannot legally tip out management and all that shit. Like mm-hmm. the like all the posts are like it is illegal to tip out managers. Like you're an employee, you don't have to share your tips. Yeah, because that would be like forcing a rest a restaurant waiter to share their tips with the fucking manager. So I get that, but like strip call culture is not a restaurant. Yeah, it's ridiculous for people and legislation and these offices so far removed from these cultures have anything to do with it. And that's what pisses me off the most about all these laws being made about sex work because nobody ever fucking addresses the sex workers. Nobody addresses the people that have been in it for years, that have experienced different facets of sex work to get in on these laws at all unfortunately you know they don't bring experts in and if you were generally in any form of sex work like good luck running in politics because politics will fucking shame you like if jenna jameson who is like you know probably the most commercially successful adult performer of all times yeah commercially like if you want notoriety commercial success jenna when I first came in, she was like my model of success. Yeah. Right. If Jenna ran for office, I, last I heard lives in like fucking Arizona or some shit. Like if she ran for fucking office, hell, even if she moved back to California, which is much more liberal than Arizona and ran for fucking art office, motherfuckers, even though she's a multimillionaire, you know, owned real estate, like very successful. They'd be like, no, no, she's not qualified. Like, because of what? Because of pre yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. What's? Can you put the word after pre pre preconceived notion? Yes, it's so stupid. And like, if people were to just let go of those for like a second. 
for a second, they'd realize how much sex workers have to give to the community. And well, at the end of the day, it's the world's oldest profession for a fucking reason. Yeah. And I'm not one of those that's like, oh, I'm some sexual healer. I'm here to do this, this, and that. I chose to do this, and I deserve respect no matter what. 100%. You're a human. Straight up. Yeah, that's what it's about. But on that note, I think we're going to actually call last call and like actually go watch a fucking movie. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Well, hell yeah. Spencer, before we get out of here, where can they find you on the things? Or where can they fap to that WAP? <laughs> they... So, um, I finally just launched my first website, spencerbradley.com. Go to spencerbradley.com and uh, you can find me on Twitter at spencerbradleyx. You can find me on Instagram at spencerbradleyofficial. And yeah, on my website, you guys will be able to find my OnlyFans and whatever is popular at the time. I, I want this to last through time. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling at this point. I said things. Good times, good times. And as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Fap to that WAP that is to my right. That's me.